So it's uh, it's been a pretty big week. Oh man, this week might have been the biggest week. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Biggest Who knows? so far. Biggest so far. Mm. It'll only get bigger. Well, I'm just wondering how many more times we get to, you know, just reinstall audio drivers and configure the show before we get started. That is one of my favorite parts. Yeah, me too. It really gets me in the mood. It's like audio foreplay. Mm, audio foreplay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the latest dimension of foreplay. <laughs> From Rondo O'Neill Studios, this is... Erotic noises. So, uh... You may or may not be familiar with the, uh, there's another podcast that is like a somewhat famous podcast. It is just two people talking. Yeah. Well, uh, isn't that kind of what most podcasts are? Well, you know, sometimes it's more than two. Uh, but yeah, you're, you're totally right. But, um, anyway, there's, there's a famous podcast that will go unnamed, but I okay. played some early episodes of our podcast and I was told for a very special person in my life. And I was told that we are <laughs> much funnier than one of the other major famous podcasts. So I expect that very quickly after being officially released, our podcast will rocket to the top. Oh, most definitely. I have absolutely no doubt that we are climbing the podcast food chain. Mm. Mm. Competitive Mm. world of podcasting. So uh, what'd you do this week? What made it so big? Oh, so big. I, you know, I did a few fun things. I did. Um, I, I went out, out into the world. Um, and enjoyed some nightlife. Uh, I did some creative stuff. Um, I, um, you know, I just read a little thing uh, that a friend posted on my wall, my Facebook wall, about my my namesake, um, Ron Genther. I don't know if I've ever told you about Ron Genther. I know you haven't. <laughs> so as you as you know, uh, I am named after my mother, the mm-hmm. first Rhonda, but she was named after her uncle Ron. Her uncle Ron Genther, who died three years before she was born, in a very mysterious way. He's actually one of Bellingham's unsolved murders. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, um, the what what they know is that he was closing up. He was a bartender at the Bellingham Yacht Club, and he was closing for the night. And and he was the last one there. And this is the happened. most this is the most classic murder story I've ever heard in my life. True or yeah. false? So please, he's at the Bellingham Yacht Club. He's cleaning up polishing glasses or yeah. polishing silverware. Oh, yeah, yeah whatever yeah. one does, cleaning up the store. Uh, and and then so he's closing up, locking up. And before they lock up, he calls the police to set the alarm. Because I guess that's how you did alarms in 1960. Sure. Um, so he calls the police station, and uh, the alarm gets set. And then after that. Nothing, no, we don't know anything that happened. And then the janitor in the morning finds it at 6 a.m. on the floor of the yacht club, stabbed in the groin. Uh, and so there's arteries, right? There's arteries in your legs. And so he was stabbed in the groin and bled out. And the original thought was that it was a theft, that uh, he like, died in like a burglary. But that is not the case. Later, police decided that he was attacked by an assailant that knew him and had, an aggr- had a grudge upon him. And also, the cuts were very small and specific to, like, the, his arteries. So people think that it was, like, somebody who knew uh, anatomy and, like, had, like, and the weapon was, like, a scalpel. They never found the weapon. What? So, yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? This is who my mother was named after. Ronnie. Yeah. Ronnie Ginther. He was uh, 22 when he was killed. Um, and so I've actually heard this story in the family, the family lore. Um, and 
we believe, the family believes, that he was killed by this doctor who he was, whose wife he was having an affair with. <laughs> what? We could <laughs> Isn't have that a great story? We could have stretched this out over the whole season and just told the story well, of how we suspect it's this person and it's unsolved. And then our listeners would maybe have like gone and discovered the true... Uh, uh, yeah, I should have drawn it out a little bit more. That's yeah. what you're saying. Hmm. Yeah, you should also turn the gain down on your mic a little bit. Okay. Better? Better. Okay. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. That's craziness. I had kind of forgotten about the story, and then I got a text from a friend who's like, hey, are you are you uh, related to a Ron Genther? Um, How did your friend know about this? How did this come up? She was reading, like, a history of Bellingham murders, which there are quite a few. Like, Bellingham, Washington is known for its deviant fatal crimes. We call it the city of subdued excitement, and I always knew that it was tongue-in-cheek, but I assumed it was because this excitement, there is no excitement there, subdued or otherwise. I never suspected that it was because there were actual murders and crimes committed. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of intrigue. A lot, I mean, like the, the Waterfront Bar. We know about the Waterfront Bar, don't we? The, where those three different murderers, like, took, you know, were thought to have frequented. I don't even I believe like, you. You don't believe me? What do you mean a waterfront bar where no, murderers? No, it's not the waterfront bar. It's it's the waterfront bar. I know the waterfront. I've been there. Okay, well, it's been around for quite some time. And I have, have alibis though for what I was doing. <laughs> do you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could give me some time here. I'll put one together. <laughs> well, it's the murder hangout. Yeah. Huh. Bundy. Hillside Strangler? Well, sure. I knew they all passed through. I mean, it's famous yeah. for murderers passing through, but I didn't know that there were so many active murders in the town. Uh, I guess I guess I don't know of a whole lot of active murders. Maybe it's <laughs> just like a murder-like refuge. So really, technically, you're also – so your mother, Rhonda, is named after <laughs> another Ron. Uh, <laughs> and then you are named after your mother, Rhonda. Yeah. <laughs> so really, you're almost a Rhonda the Third. You could say that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is one of my favorite things about you, that you are a lady person who is a third and is named after their parent. Because usually it's like they name the young boy to take the mantle of his father. Right, like the, the first son of every group, of gen generational group is named after the, the father. Yeah, you know. <laughs> well, I think it's also funny that it's like, um, you know, usually it's like uh, an honorable you know, name that goes from generation to generation for honorable men doing honorable things. But I mean, the first Ron uh, was a you know twenty-two-year-old bartender, philandering bartender who was murdered. So I think uh, that's a little twist of fate. Yeah, undoubtedly. Uh huh. And I mean, I, I totally see how why you would take up that that mantle. <laughs> you know, the torch must be carried. <laughs> the torch must be carried. What is it? Some some men are born into greatness. Some... I guess in this case, I would be the one that would be born into greatness. Not, yes, but not you have would... it crushed upon me. But you would not be a man. Okay. <laughs> let's let's let's, well, let's clarify here. Clarify. Let's just make sure that everybody's gender is assigned appropriately. <laughs> that we understand what their pronouns are. And, uh, well, so that's the thing. That's one other, that's the thing I've been wondering about recently, not to take it into a serious direction, but the, so I've been wondering, a lot of people say like, hi, I'm so-and-so and these are my pronouns, blah, blah, blah. And that's not my thing. I don't announce what my pronouns are, but is it cool if somebody doesn't ask? Like that's when you meet them, you're like, oh, cool. So what are your pronouns? But I feel like some people would be upset about that. 
without having that having that question put to them immediately. Yes. yes. I, I kind of feel like if people don't want you to, to know, like people don't have a specific thing that they want to be called, um, or if they don't mention it, then you shouldn't mention it either, maybe? Yeah. One of my friends the other day was like, there's this person at work, and they prefer to be called as... Um, they, pre- they prefer uh, she pronouns, but they are uh, she and hers, but they present entirely as I would imagine a man to present. Like there's no feminine presentation at all. They just prefer feminine pronouns. What do I do? And I was like, well, you, you <laughs> use the feminine pronouns. <laughs> and they were like, oh, all right. <laughs> are you sure? And I was like, Mm, you know, I'm not them, and you'd really have to talk to them, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny how people get really, like, freaked out immediately by, by that <laughs> pronoun Can, usage. So I didn't want to get, I didn't want to be too serious in today's episode. I know we got a little bit serious last week. We might even not put it on the air because it was so serial. It was, it was really serial. Really serious. Serious week. Serious week. We're going to call it. I went bungee jumping for the first time. Oh my god, I want to hear the story. <laughs> so, <laughs> basically, for my birthday, um, my girlfriend was like, hey, um, I got you uh, bungee jumping tickets. And I was like, oh, I never even said I wanted to go bungee jumping. She was like, I don't give a shit <laughs> whether or not you want to go bungee jumping. I like to go bungee jumping. And I was like, I'm going to bring you. And I was like, okay, well, good birthday present. Uh, so... I was like, totally fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be no sweat. Like, I got this thing. Like, I'm not scared of anything. You I'll just conquer my. At all? No, I'm not at all. Not at all. I was rolling up to this place and it's like, not even whatever. So we roll up and it's this like way out in the middle of nowhere in Northern California. And then the email was like, um, that she forwarded me for the, with the directions we ended up writing together. But the email she forwarded was this guy and he was like, don't tell anyone in the town where we're going, be extremely discreet and oh like make sure that like everything is cool and that there aren't like people around when you get there. And I was like, speaking of murderers, yeah, I was like, that's weird. Why is that? But then I realized that it's because we were jumping from a bridge that I think is illegal to jump from. Oh, shit. So it's like we can't tell people there because then maybe they'll tell the police that we're jumping from this bridge and this guy could get in trouble or we could get in trouble. So I was like, oh, OK, that's, that's kind of cool and like badass sketchy. maybe. And like maybe <laughs> my girlfriend knows this like cool shit that she's like plugged into. So we go and it turns out he's this like ex-army guy who starts immediately. <laughs> it's five. It's five thirty in the morning. We get there. The sun has not yet come up. And he has this like headlamp on and he's eating yogurt. And he's like, yeah, got this yogurt from my wife because I ran out of the yogurt uh, I normally eat. She's going to be pissed that I'm eating her fucking yogurt. But she's kind of a bitch, you know. So and I was like, oh, my God. And so my girlfriend and I look at each other and we're like, um, um. <laughs> shit so we know immediately like right away that we're in for some fucking shit so but it's just the craziest afternoon ever he told all these disgusting stories are like sexist and super racist and oh good god um some really the person you want to be in charge of growing you up a bridge oh yeah totally so he was like strapping me into this harness and like pulling a little bit like pulling a little bit tight around my groin and he was like yeah i used to serve in uh i got back from afghanistan and i still got some friends over there and so sometimes i go to cost because i brought some beef jerky and he was like sometimes i go to costco i pick up the pork jerky and i send it to them and uh then they pass it out to the kids and uh the guys in the aa like the afghan national army because they don't know it's pork oh (laughs) and i was like wow that is um 
that is quite the thing to do. Are you, are you sure that's appropriate? Uh, because this is a man I am about to entrust my life to. Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling real good right about now. Well, because like we drove for like four hours to get there. We paid a considerable <laughs> amount of money to go bungee jumping. And then here I am in this situation. So in most situations, like if it was my day to day, I'd be like, that is fucked up. I'm leaving. But I didn't feel like I could do that because like all, we'd put all this time and effort. And, and so my girlfriend was like, heard me saying this and was like mouthing at me. She's like, stop talking, stop talking. <laughs> Which is she's wont to do frequently. That, that's, that's happened more than once. Um, <laughs> Shocking. But the but the whole time the ride there and like even getting ready and like strapping in I was like you know what this is not even scary I'm not even nervous at all this is easy whatever so then we like <laughs> climb over this fence to get onto this bridge that's this like catwalk underneath a bridge that's like 300 Ooh. feet above a dry riverbed God. and all of a sudden I'm like you know what <laughs> this is terrifying me. <laughs> Of course, uh, just like immediately like shit my pants. Um, so, but I, so I ended up doing it cause I was like, everybody's staring at me. I have to make this jump. So I jumped, but I made like a really ridiculous noise for some reason. Cause I was scared. Um, I guess, I, but I, they were like, they yelled at you. They yell at you when you're on the thing. They're like five, four, three, two, one. And then I was like, and, and you'd think that you're like far away and you're falling down and there's like lots of wind, but it was completely still and completely clear. So echoing throughout the canyon of this dry riverbed is me making this noise. And it was extremely embarrassing first attempt at, uh, at bungee jumping. But, but you made it over the edge. You did it, right? I did it. I made it. Yeah. I persevered. <laughs> Oh, that is a great story, Sensor. <laughs> Thank Can you. Can you make well, that noise one more time? Because, <laughs> like, I wanted my body made me want my body wanted to yell, but I my I, in my mind I was like, no, I can't yell. I have to stay tough. But so I just compromised on this like grunt of shame. <laughs> manly exclamation of noise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all my noises are manly exclamations, but of course, excuse me. Yeah, you're excused. <laughs> Thank you. But you didn't uh, you didn't do any bungee jumping or like extreme sports or anything? Uh, I did not do any extreme sports. Mm. No, um, I would I would like to participate in some extreme sports, but at this moment, my life is not what one would call extreme. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I did go to a club in the Ooh. city um, called Bondage Gogo. I was going to say power exchange, but <laughs> <laughs> not this time. Even better. <laughs> uh, it was a, it was a pretty fun club. Uh, somebody I knew uh, was DJing, somebody, um, and I I was introduced to this kink scene by people that I trust and like, um, and it was it was a lot of fun. It's uh, it was a small club, um, and they have like this DJ booth that's like up in the air, and then in the middle of this dance floor, um, they do like these bondage scenes. Like people will get like tied up um, and like hung elaborately with these crazy rope techniques that almost look like sculptures um, and it's and it's an erotic thing I, I suppose it was it was beautiful I don't I have never experienced being tied up so I don't know exactly how the eroticism feels but it was a very beautiful thing the way that they tied those ropes huh. yes um, how many people were at this attended this event? Um, in total in the club, there's probably maybe like 
30 people, 45 people. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a weird combination of people because it's like an erotic scene and it's like kink themed and there's people doing these crazy, extreme, like kinky, you know, demonstrations and uh, cool costumes and like really, um, like confident eroticism. Mm -hmm. But then there's also this element of just really awkward goths. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a really weird combination of people. There's people who are, like, really embracing their, like, um, kinkiness and, like, really embracing life and passion. And then people who can barely string a sentence together. (laughs) Because they're on so many drugs or just because they're so socially? Just I think it's just, like, a socially – and it might be kind of a socially, like, difficult thing to do. Like, maybe if you're new to a place like that or, like, how do you talk to somebody while, like – you know, how do you have a casual conversation while somebody like two feet away from you is half naked and being tied up in, with rope? Um, but I had, for the first time, somebody approach me at the bar and say the line, do you come here often? Nice. And you were like, <laughs> and you were like, yeah, I've never seen you here before. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Jagogo is like me and my girlfriend's favorite spot. <laughs> and it was a cool spot. I would definitely go back. Yeah. Where is it in the city? It is in Soma. Mm, no kidding, huh? but during the day it doubles as a facebook auxiliary office (laughs) there was actually a group of people who were there on like a team building um experience from their office Uh, they were having the most amount of fun i'll tell you what oh yeah i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i think it was like kind of like a whip the management situation Ooh, okay (laughs) no that's that's not true i made that up I was going to say, but it would the, be awesome. <laughs> depending on management. I personally would not want to be anywhere near a dungeon with uh, management where I work. <laughs> Is it where you work kind of like a dungeon? Well, I mean, it's on the top floor of a building and it's very light and airy, but in all other senses, yes. <laughs> um, huh. Huh. See, that I think takes its own kind of bravery. I think most people wouldn't be prepared to do that. Prepare as you what? Uh, go to a bondage go-go and attend such an event. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it was uh, just kind of a fun experience. Yeah. Well, see, I mean, like, I would manage to suck it up and go bungee jumping. Uh, but even though I made a strange noise, but <laughs> I would probably... You know, <laughs> your strange noise might have fed in at bondage go-go. <laughs> and, I mean, I was... I've worked professionally, not as a... a sex worker, but as a, someone who was there as part of a unionization effort inside brothels. And that wasn't uncomfortable for me, but I feel like if I was at a bondage club, I would be a little uncomfortable. Really? Yeah. I would not want to be there. I would feel like, I, yeah, I don't think so. No, that's fair. Not my scene. You know, it never, it, it's definitely not like a, a, like the kink world is not something that I'm like itching to like really dive into like I, it, i'm not like super attracted to like bondage sexually uh-huh. but um you know i'm totally on board i'd be willing to try it but it's not something that's like particularly scary it just seems like another like artistic expression to me yeah and i think maybe um that's because i'm not like super like sexually attracted to it i feel like that would add a whole other level to have gone having gone to that bar yeah. hmm. you know Bondage, I think, uh, I think is a funny thing. Uh, I'm, I'm, 
I, it's a little bit theatrical for me. And that's the thing, like dominance and submission. I understand I'm ready that I speak that language. I'm ready to like hold somebody down or whatever, but <clears throat> to, or to be held down, I guess, if that's your thing. But, uh, the whole the wearing a thing a special thing or like getting special dark leather items made specially for me is like not uh it seems like a lot of work <laughs> well um you know i feel like maybe maybe that's kind of a hetero thing hmm. like i feel like there's a lot of accoutrements to um sex um that are well okay just women sleeping with women there's definitely a lot of things that you <laughs> bring into say. the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like, that's not really, I mean, it's not like a big stretch. I feel like there's so many things to like experiment with and like play with. Like that makes more, that makes sense to me. That aspect of it makes more sense to me than like the elaborate, like um, rope tying and the uh, outfits but honestly, it doesn't. It doesn't seem that none of it seems that out there to me. It's like the sex is a, is a theater, theatrical performance huh. to an extent, sure. and bringing things into the bedroom, like you know, little underwears and um, you know, a few toys here and there. Like it just the bondage is not that big of a leap, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, can, I mean, I can see that. It just seems like I guess a lot of my conception of it is like it takes a really long time and involves a lot of routine and ritual. I mean, as opposed to quick sex. Like, quick I don't know. Normally, off. like a couple having sex, I feel like a good sex having is you know, lasts between an hour <laughs> to two hours, sometimes good, less uh, than an hour, I guess. But usually between like an hour and two hours, and like you cuddle before and make out or whatever, and you cuddle and afterwards and make out or whatever, and then but isn't you know, that like you know the ritual also? Sure, but I feel like if you incorporate bondage, then you have to, like, 15 minutes of, like, putting on the boots, and then somebody has to pretend that they're one person, and the other person has to pretend that they're somebody else, and then you, like, say stuff to each other that is sexy, and then... Well, I feel like that's a pretty narrow concept of what kink is. It, it is a very narrow concept of what kink is. It's also pretty kink-negative. Kink kink I think. Negative. It's it's kink shaming, um, which is probably common, but certainly not okay. Well, my kink is kink shaming other people, so I get off by kink shaming others. Ooh. So if you get mad at me for kink shaming, then that's just you kink shaming my kink, which is kink shaming. So I'm getting off. I mean, at this point, who is it? Somebody sent me Listeners? that. Uh, I think that's from Tumblr. <laughs> I think that was a Tumblr. That was, that was Tumblr. Yeah, it's, uh, for people, I think that yeah, somebody in the chat room in the live chat who's like following along with the show decided to share that with me. Good, that was good. Thank, thank you. You. <laughs> you know what? Thank you, Rhonda. We I'm really appreciate your contributions here. Listener, but thank you as well, Spencer. Let's just uh, let's just share some gratitude. This episode brought to you by Bondage Go Go. <laughs> no, I had a really good time though. I, I really did, and I would definitely go again. And there are some really cool rope things that I would like to learn. Hmm. I guess I think about it in the same way that I think about, uh, like, the Burning Man aerial acrobatics stuff. It, you know, aesthetically, it was very similar. So City College still has accreditation? Uh, as far as I know, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Well, for you. Well, 
every semester is kind of a surprise. It's like, oh, is the school going to be open? I don't go to real school anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, if we lose accreditation, like, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. And then, you know, half of the staff gets fired. Hey, there you go. <laughs> we had, um, so there was a, I had a, a, a phone call with my, the president of my former college, Whitman College today. Um, because there was this, like, one of my friends was like, this person on. gave this cool speech and the administration is totally trying to shut it down. So I listened to the speech and I was like, that is a good speech because basically, as you're probably aware, Whitman College was founded not for Walt Whitman, who would be a complicated figure to found a college for, but also, <laughs> but it, but it was founded for it to remember and in celebration of Marcus Whitman, who was like this terrible colonizer asshole who's like, I'm going to teach the savages about Christ and like come out to the, the territories and be godly and a doctor. And like, they got all these kids sick. And then the Walla Walla and Cayuse and Umatilla Indians were like, we're, we're going to, we're going to kill you. And they killed him as they probably are entitled to do. Oh, yeah. And the then the, the U.S. military sent the army in and and colonized uh, the Washington territories, um, or continued the colonization of the Washington territories. Um, and so they founded this college. And so this woman gave this talk, and she's like, you know, the violence of colonization in Whitman for Whitman and like in Walla Walla is very similar to the colonization that happens in uh, in the Levant, where uh, there's all kinds of messiness. Um, and there was an outcry from parents and alumni that they compared the violence of settling the American West to the violence in the Palestinian territories. And so uh, I mean, they tried to formulate wrong. these guidelines that were like, here are the things that you can talk about for convocation speeches. So I wrote oh, him to the president shit. and he wrote back and he was like, thank you for sharing your concerns. I would like to set up a call to talk about your concerns if you have time. And I was like, you know what? I'll make time for you, George Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> You're my former college president. Of course. How could I not? So I set up, I set up a call and we talked and uh, it was a good time. A good time was had by all. Yeah, would you guys, did you guys you know, talk about old times? Yeah. Hey, remember that one time we went to that frat party and you totally isoluged like six Natty Ices? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love a good Natty Ice. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should see him beer bong Natty Ice. Wow. <laughs> wow. Nothing like it. Yeah. Well, I was kind of looking forward to the call because, like, I don't talk to college presidents every day, so it's like kind of a fun, fun little thing. Gotcha. But I, he, uh, so I was really looking forward to see how, like, how he spun it, and he was like really good. He was a really, really good spinner. <laughs> I mean, he'd have to be. Yeah, I mean, he totally. Had, he had to have known he was too to even like put himself in the situation to be setting up one-on-one phone conversations. Yeah, yeah. So how did he spin it? Oh, he was just like. Um, the, everybody is talking about these new guidelines, but guidelines was the wrong word to put on them because really they're more like suggestions. The audience there was like students. Yes. But also like parents and grandparents and faculty. So like, we want to make sure everybody feels welcome and we just want to make sure that like everybody feels okay. And that the audience is taken into account for the content of the speech. 
uh, and people were like threatening me and like I got physically threatened. And so it just made sense to like try to meet with a Jewish group on campus to have some guidelines to suggest to speakers. So they're not going to be binding. And it was just something that we need to do in order to have a community where everybody's views are respected and they can talk, but like we aren't rude to one another. Wow. I'm almost convinced right now. And you did a stupid voice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I tried to not do a stupid voice because I don't think he's a stupid guy, but like, I'm <laughs> he's, not sure. He's not a California surfer. <laughs> hey, man. No. <laughs> it's cool. We just want to love one another. <laughs> yeah. No, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good spin. I was like, wow, that was cool. How do you do that? <laughs> and he was like, well, I've been a dean or provost at University of Washington and Washington Whitman College for like 15 years. So... <laughs> I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a really magical life. Rocks yeah. our existence. Yeah. And I was like, so how come Whitman College is like firing all the queer faculty and like all the faculty of color all the time? And he was like, oh, yeah, we got this new board now. They're going to take care of everything for you. <laughs> and he's like, they're on your side. And I was like, oh, cool. The new the new board. And then he was like, yeah, we hired this guy from Africa and he's going to like take charge of the intercultural center and it's all going to be chill. And I was like, wow, you're talking about a lot of stuff I didn't really know that much about. So I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt on this one. <laughs> so you, you didn't do your research. You were not prepared to talk to the dean. Well, I mean, I did a bunch of research about like him and like I read his articles that he wrote when he was studying criminology and like he wrote some books and I looked up his books and like I looked up his personal history and I read a bunch of articles about him from the student newspaper and I read about the job he did when he was at UW and but and like I read about the new Whitman College president. And she's a mess because she's like, so they announced it like two weeks ago. Um, after I wrote my email, they were like, we have a new president and her, her name's Kathleen Murray and she has her partner, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, her partner. So like, she's a lesbian, I guess, or like has a female partner and she's a lady person. So I'm going to assume that she's a lesbian, perhaps wrongly. Uh, but then I looked her up and it was like, there were all these faculty people. She's fr She was most recently at McAllister in Minneapolis and the faculty there, she presided over the f like denial of tenure to all these queer faculty that were super popular. So like, it's unclear how down she is with the struggle. Um, this is very complicated. She also like opposed unionization efforts. And so it's really? like, at first I was like, Oh sweet. She sounds good. Like she's going to be awesome. But then I looked into it and I was like, Oh, she like has all the appearances of an awesome person. But as far as I can tell, hasn't really done any awesome things. Uncommon in politics that. <laughs> hey, yo, we're going to get so much friggin' listener mail about this one. Oh, yeah? The, the Walla Wallians voicing in? Walla, yeah, the Walla, 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 Walla Wallians. Walla Wallians. I had somebody, a uh, customer yesterday, or not today, at some point in, in my past, asked me where I was from. I was like, oh, Washington State. And they're like, oh, Walla Walla? I was like, of all the places in Washington <laughs> State to know of, why Walla Walla? And no. Yeah. And no. <laughs> so why Walla Walla? It's just something they knew about. They, I, they had nothing to do with Whitman. Like they just, it was just like a city in Washington that they were familiar with, probably because of the awesome name. Have you been? Have you been to Wallas <laughs> on Mission Street in San Francisco? <laughs> Not no. There is a store on Mission and Twenty Fourth Streets called Wallas W A L L A S. And so I went in there one day. I was like, Hey, buddy, 
what's the deal with this store name? And he was like, what, what do you mean? Yeah. And I was like, I went to school in Walla Walla and you guys are Wallas. And he was <laughs> like, Walla means what's up in Arabic. And I was like, oh, oh, that's cool too. Do I get a discount? And he was like, no. And I was like, hey. that's cool. I'm going to go. I have a lot of conversations like this where I'm like, hey, what's up? Tell me this cool thing. This is blah, blah, blah. And the first time I'm talking to him is like, I don't care. <laughs> The fact that you are talking to me and trying to engage me in conversation right now is the worst thing you could do. That's like, okay. You know, um, that actually makes me, it gives me a, like a kind of a cruel sense of joy because of all of the times that you have just really put me on the spot in public. <laughs> <laughs> just, just made me out to be just the worst person to random salespeople and... Taxi drivers. And <laughs> well, I realized as I listened to old episodes of, that we've recorded that I am a terrible person and you are the world's nicest person. <laughs> so, hardly. <laughs> I really think that uh, I I definitely do you a disservice to make you make you out like an asshole because you are not. Well, I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate you saying that on air. Uh, maybe you can tell the clerk at the Mission Boutique that you, <laughs> who you told I didn't want you to meet my parents because you were Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Did that happen? Did that really yeah, happen? That happened, and he was not on board with that joke. <laughs> Let me tell you. I think you're just imagining things. <laughs> Ooh, or remember that time that you and the taxi driver convinced everybody in the car that in Brazil they eat cats? <laughs> they do. Johaska <laughs> Jigatu. It's a delicacy. Oh man, you're like, yeah, you just you pick out the cats, you just <laughs> you pick out the one that you're gonna eat and it's the orange ones taste the best. <laughs> the tabbies. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have the little cages and you just get the one and they skin it right there in front of you. <laughs> Oh, right there in front of your kids. They just skin the little cat and they put on the grill. <laughs> that is a terrible. <laughs> we're getting everybody today. <laughs> we're getting the surfers. We're getting college presidents, vegetarians. We're going to get so much friggin' mail. I think I said something about Israel, Palestine. Oh, Lord. Christ. Hitting the hard stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on today's hard-hitting politics podcast, Rhonda and Spencer go deep on the Middle East. <laughs> Rhonda, what do you think? Is this race of people worthless? <laughs> Very interesting questions, Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> There's no easy answer to this one, but I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Thirty seconds. Can you explain to me exactly their worthlessness? <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, politics, news. I don't watch it. You know what's crazy to me? So my what? father sent me this thing the other day that he got from his friend. That was like, huh, like interesting. Chew on this about how, uh, like Islam is violent, and they're like, we polled, like. 500 Muslim people and there have views like XYZ. And it's like, that is the worst 
thing in the universe. And it's like all these comedians like George Carlin and stuff who old white men of my father's generation seem to really appreciate are always <laughs> making fun of Christianity, but like seem to give like seem to be making fun of Christians, but give Christianity the benefit of the doubt. They're like, yeah, Jesus is a socialist. And like, these Christians aren't real Christians. They're just like shitty. But then when they talk about Islam, they're like, yeah, Islam's a violent religion. Religion is just like a choose your own adventure story. Like those, le- those holy books is like, you pick out the parts you like and you ignore the parts you don't like. And then you just like try to figure out, it's like, oh yeah, this part says that what I believe is right. Rather than like this is what I believe, you you it's, it's the other way around. I feel you. You know, religion is fucked. It's a fucked up thing. It's a fucked up thing that has almost always been violent. Like any violent like story you hear is is religion based. Yeah. It just it's anno- it just annoys me that people pretend like they're different from each other. The religions or just people the religions in general? that like Christianity is fundamentally different from Islam in oh, like certainly. significant ways. It, it really just seems like uh, like sports teams to me. Like, they're all playing the same game, they're all doing exactly the same thing, but they're highly competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Just can chill out and, like, hang out. Like, I've met peaceful Christians, and I've met peaceful Muslims, and I've met terrible Christians and terrible Muslims, and, like, I've met Hindus who are, like, hate Muslims, and Muslims who don't like Hindus, and, like, whatever. Just, like, any... I've met all sorts of different combinations of... And it's like, you know what? That has so little to do with, like, what your understanding of who this person is based on what they believe. Like, you don't know what any what people believe at all on the basis. Like, I know Christians who don't accept the divinity of Christ. I know Jews who do accept the divinity of Christ. So it's like, I don't know. And it's like, <laughs> is this the doctrinal stuff even mattered anyway? <laughs> so, like, say, saying you are a Christian or you, you are a Muslim doesn't actually define anything about your personality because people really just make up whatever they want about their religion based on their own personal bias. Totally. I mean, it's like saying, it's like saying that people who like mashed potatoes are all this way. (laughs) You know, it's like, just no, that's just a thing that happens to be about them. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's like people say they're like gay people are like X or like straight people are like Y. And it's like, how, what world are you living in? That these are the way that people structure their personalities. I'm much more interested in like, are they a nice person? Are they generous? Are they mean? And those things have very little to do with their religion or their sexuality. I agree with that completely. On the flip side, there has been just an unprecedented amount of religious violence throughout history. And like, maybe that's just because history is violent and religion is prominent in uh, like the history of humanity and it's like they have nothing to do with each other but i tend to believe that like violence often and like violence and religious conviction are kind of paired oh sure yeah but i'm just saying you're not wrong about that religion has been used as a justification for violence uh, like many many times and i think should be thought about critically and i personally am not religious but i'm just saying like there are violent Christians and there are violent Muslims and there are violent Hindus. Like the current president of India is a Hindu who let pogroms go through Gujarat and like slaughter Muslims while he was governor. And he was like, whatever, that's chill. I don't care. And it's like messed up. But I think, I feel like religion is used as the excuse for violence in some other way. Okay. 
Like somebody who wants to be violent is like just just happens to have an interpretation of the Bible that supports their desire to be violent. You know? so, so the desire to be violent is not ingrained in the religion. It's a, a personal trait. Yeah, that the religion is used as a convenient excuse. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's all kinds of convenient excuses excuses for violence that are like accepted accepted uses of violence in society. Yeah. And religion just happens to be a big one. Yeah. How big are we talking? Oh my god, so big. <laughs> like the week. Hey. <laughs> so you ride Bart every day. Every damn day. How do you feel about that? You know, um you know, I think Bart could be done better. But I have all the respect in the world for Bart's existence. For those of our listeners who live outside of the California Bay Area, BART stands for the Bay Area Rapid Transit. It's a system of subways and platforms that provide transportation services to people throughout the California Bay Area. I think it is quite amazing that you can go from city to city in like 20 minutes. Like I feel like that's not a very common thing in the United States. Um, but I also feel like most public transportation, even though it is mainly used for like working class people, is not really built for working class people. There is an insane fantasy that the that it's only for rich people to like use on the weekends. <laughs> when really it's for like the poorest people to like get to work. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, it's um it is like the time schedule for Bart is like really you like framed around like a nine to five Monday through Friday, like working week, which I think is not like, though there's a big, big commuter aspect in that time. Like that's not the main, that's not all the commuters are the main commuters. Like the weekend is full of working people. Like Sunday morning, it doesn't open till eight, which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. There's plenty of people who work Sunday morning before eight. Seriously. <laughs> um, huh, I often notice that a lot of Bay Area businesses are closed on Sunday, and I wish they weren't. I wonder what the, how much that has to do with people's transportation options. That's funny. That's something I hadn't thought about before. But, you know, I find that a lot of employees in the Bay Area don't actually consider a person's ability to get to work. <laughs> There are uh, there's a bus uh, that runs back and forth from Oakland to San Francisco um, that you can take Sunday morning. Uh, the eight hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing about the eight hundred, and I've only taken it once in the morning going to work, and every other time I've taken it in the morning coming home from a very debaucherous evening. Yeah. Um, so if you are if you are getting up at six in the morning to take the eight hundred to work, you are sharing that bus with about fifteen really drunk people. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Isn't it? Hmm. Hmm. How is the Bay Area so broken with all this money? <laughs> <laughs> we should change the name to Pug Lamentations. <laughs> we should we should make our name a pun somehow. Are there any good pug puns? Pun logic. Pugnacious. Pugnation. Yeah. Pugnationus. I feel like that's a that, that reminds me of something I can't place it. I feel like it's kind of a ripoff. Puglicious. Puglicious. 
I'm so sorry. Uh, the no- noble pug. <laughs> the noble pug. Today on True Facts About the Pug. <laughs> that would be a good True Facts animal. That would be a good True Facts animal. Oh, man. <laughs> well, no, now we need to write a letter. Yeah. Dear Zay. <laughs> I'm sure you listen to Pug Logic. Who doesn't? I'm writing to you today to let you know of an animal we think you should cover. <laughs> If you cover it satisfactorily, we'll consider giving you the opportunity to guest spot. <laughs> oh man, we need to get some guests in here. We've only had one guest so far on our first show. You're referencing the lost episode. Am I referencing the lost episode? It is indeed a lost episode. We uh, were unable to capture the audio effectively, so it will never be released. Oh, unfortunate. Yes. But I don't know if the format particularly lends itself to having guests. Maybe it does. We did actually, we have had a guest who was live, Courtney. That's who I'm talking about. Oh, uh, I thought you were talking about uh, Eric. Pro? Eric Post Pro. No, Eric Hoofnagel. Eric Did we have a guest? Did we have an Eric guest? We did. We hosted Eric at one point, but that episode was lost to, to time. Unfortunate. So it was probably our best episode. It was, I mean, unquestionably just the funniest episode ever <laughs> recorded. I mean, we were both just so smart. So whip smart. <laughs> it was terrifying. There was a vast chasm of space before me. And this guy, this ex-army guy is like, let's look on a spot. Don't jump too far. You'll hit your head. Don't jump too hard. You'll hit your head on this metal thing. But pick a spot. Don't look straight down. Just like pick a spot and then just go for it. And I was like, <laughs> "Sounds like the worst advice ever." Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> he was not kidding. But they lined me up from heaviest to lightest because you don't want like the light people to go and then all of a sudden it snaps. You know what I mean? So they go from heaviest to lightest, and it was absolutely terrifying. I'm kind of jealous. I would like to try it. Maybe not with that particular gentleman. Um, he does not sound super trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, no, he, he was kind of, he's like, my bitch wife. <laughs> and I was like, you are a sicko. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? <laughs> So you jump out of a plane next? Uh, you know, I've been thinking about jumping out of a plane. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I've got some a couple a couple extreme sports ideas <laughs> uh, for things to the X stream. The Xticles and I are gonna get a <laughs> get some extreme sports going. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, the Xticles are my uh, my like group of power suit wearing justice enforcers they're not robots no <laughs> did you think they were robots <laughs> they're just wearing power suits <laughs> <laughs> what is all this uh, what is all this uh, engine oil coming out of the butt then <laughs> uh oh <laughs> send that one in for repairs <laughs> you remember Battlestar Galactica? Yeah. Oh, do I? <laughs> These frackin' toasters. <laughs> he was my favorite, John McCain. 
Colonel Ty. He's a very complex character. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh, there's so much going on. Man, that is that was just like a two or three weeks of my life that I cannot clearly remember. You know, I kind of miss the time in my life when I couldn't watch a TV show straight for like a, just a large chunk of time. Do you? Yeah. Because I love just like losing a day. Because I work pretty hard. Probably not as hard as you, but I try to work pretty hard. And then it's nice sometimes to just be like, you know what? This day is going to be completely destroyed by a TV show. You know, I can destroy a day without a TV show. Like, I I could do that. I don't really need the constant. I think it's just what I'm I'm saying is I don't have the willpower to say no. You know, like, I don't need another thing in my life that I can binge on. If you are someone who does not have the willpower to say no, then I do not know why we hang out so infrequently. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it would take a lot of willpower to not hang out with you. Is that... Wow. Is that why you take on so much responsibility at work? Because they're like, hey, Rhonda, can you do this? And you're like, I don't know how to say no to that. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a lot of responsibility at the coffee shop. Um, yeah. A lot of coffees to be made. A lot of things to be washed. It gets a little hectic, but I can handle the challenge. Yeah, a lot to manage. A lot to manage, yeah. That's a good word. Manage. Manage it. But, you know, when this podcast takes off, I won't have to work anymore. Uh, right? That's, that's how it works, right? Those big podcast dollars. Okay, good. 